And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. There I don't we go. know why those. I don't know why everything was automatically set to off. That's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, how are you, Professor I'm good. Pickman? I'm good, thanks. How about yourself, man? Good, good. I, you know, I've been excited. I saw a video of you when um, Assembly Required was around uh, earlier. Either it was this past one, or maybe there's another one before it, and you were making yeah, it was- videos. Yeah, it was definitely this past one. And they were so funny. And like the way that you would just play with certain words, like, oh, I'm uh, gramming this Insta whatever. Or you would just sit there like with the lab coat and everything. I was into it. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Love yeah, it. you're getting most of the time. Uh, I've got this. I've got a long history of um, of theater and performing behind me. Uh, so pretty much any time that I'm in front of the camera, <clears throat> I almost have that automatic moment of like, oh wait, it, it's it's time to perform now, right? Yeah, <laughs> great. So uh, I let's start it off. We want to introduce yourself and let's talk toys. I want to know where the name came from, how you got that persona, Professor Pickman, if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, introduce yourself and then when you started and all that good stuff. So uh, my name is Joshua Hibbard. I am better known as Professor Pickman, uh, which I feel like I almost need to do in the in the breathy voice because he's he's his own full character. Uh, any anytime it's on video, he's full character. Anytime it's audio, it's a bit more me down to earth. But uh, so I I am Professor Pickman, uh, and I'm here joining you to talk about all things toys and wonderful. Uh, so yes. Mm. We will now uh, reach for a coffee, and <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, um, I've been doing this. I've been doing this about six years now, um, close close to seven, which just feels kind of astounding to me. Uh, and I've been doing it with uh, one of my one of my best friends for a long time, Mike Alvarez. He does. Uh, we're sort of a, a collaborative team. I'm the face of Pikmin's. And the one always behind everything, like pushing videos, pushing content out, um, making toys, doing the sculpting. He's he's the one that'll sort of put the bug in my ear and be like, hey, I'm going to do this drawing of Henrietta from Evil Dead. You want to make a toy of her? <laughs> I love that. And he he also is um, just sort of a traditional monster artist uh, and, and pen and ink artist uh, that has an insane uh, creation process where he'll just... He'll go on these binges where he'll create a new monster from his imagination every day 
for a six month stretch. Oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, okay, I like these three designs. I want to turn them into toys. <laughs> I want them on my desk. Yeah. Um, so does so he, we're, it, well, does he design all your card backs then and like put input into all that stuff too? He, he has, a, well, he doesn't design all of them. He has a voice in all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so if he doesn't necessarily do the design work, some of my, uh, some of the design work is done by uh, my, my partner, uh, Sparkle Fairy Ruth, who I live <laughs> with, uh, who's in the other room right now. But uh, she does a lot of, uh, pretty much if I ask, I'm like, hey, um, I need a card back for this thing. She'll be like, yeah, what do you want? I love that. So the seven years, that is an eternity in the toy world. Like I, I talked to a lot of these people and we're coming up. We're only like, I just passed a year. So let's talk about that. Like what made you start doing toys? Uh, you know, it's, it is a funny, funny mix of a sad story. Okay. Uh, it, it kind of started out for a lot of years. I had been uh, makeup and special effects artist. Mm -hmm. And I worked in a lot of blood, guts, gore, all that fun stuff. Uh, I had you know, any given time. My uh, at the time I was living in New York City, um, and I would have just gallons of fake blood in my apartment at any given time. <laughs> um, and then, really, really suddenly, uh, my dad died. Okay. I got this. I, it was basically like I got a call from my mom. She was like, "Hey, so you know, don't really worry. You know, worry because it's your dad, but don't worry. But your dad's in the hospital." Okay. And then, of course, like within minutes of getting off the phone, my sister messaged me and she was like, uh, don't listen to mom. Get on a bus. Come home. Mm -hmm. uh, and that night when I got home, literally just like I that day, like booked a bus, hopped on a Greyhound, went to upstate New York. Uh, I'm originally from right outside of Niagara Falls. And I got home, went immediately to the hospital and upon walking into the hospital, locked eyes with the gentleman at the uh, front admissions desk of the hospital, who is Mike Alvarez, whom I hadn't seen since I had moved to New York City in like a decade. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I chatted with him for a while, to, which lightens the mood instantly. Uh, and even after he passed and I had gone back to New York City, I had kept in contact with Mike. Uh, and I couldn't quite get the stomach to start making gore again mm -hmm. and both he and my uh my ex uh my girlfriend at the time had sort of put again put the bug in my ear they were like you do all this sculpture work why don't you do something fun with it why don't you try to make toys mm. and me being the person i was i was immediately like yeah that sounds like a good idea I'm going to make blood and gore monster toys. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I went to switch gears and didn't really switch gears, but it was all the same knowledge. Uh, and during, during that time period, uh, it was a really, really weird series of events. First, first thing that happened was, you know, when I pitched the, finally sat down to do it and pitched the idea to Mike. And I was like, Hey, so I, I've been thinking about making toys and I kind of want to work on, some of your designs, if, if that would be okay, you know, what would it cost to commission those? And he was like, you know, I've, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but it's always been my dream to design toys. Mm. So if you want to partner up on this and make some toys, let's make some toys. Nice. Uh, so he was all on board from day one. 
and I started sculpting and uh, I was in and out of a local art store in New York City at the time. And one of the employees happened to ask, you know, what I was working on. And I told her and she immediately handed over a business card. She was like, this guy's been coming in lately. You might want to talk to him. He's been trying to sell us designer toys. Uh, and she handed me the business card of one Benny Klein of Tenacious oh. Toys and Big Shot Toy Works. Yeah, holy moly. Um, and of course, you know, I pitched Benny and Benny right away was like, this isn't my department. Talk to Klim. <laughs> so I emailed Klim and uh, Klim, I will probably butcher his last name, Klim Kozenovich of Big Shot, Big Shot Toy Works. Mm-hmm. Um, shot me down uh, like within within 24 hours he responded to my pitch of like here are these toys we want to make look at these designs (laughs) way you know way ahead of myself yeah and he shot me down in the nicest way possible uh it was the most encouraging i don't want to do this work email i've ever received because it was basically like yeah no we're not we can't produce this for you like this is Right now, what we do is produce in bulk, hundreds of thousands. Uh, wow. You know, if if you want cartons of toys, we can talk later down the line. But uh, you know, your designs are strong. You do, you know, you have, uh, you're clearly having fun. Keep at it. Maybe look at producing these yourself in resin. Mm. And uh, you might want to, you know, talk to, reach back out to my my friend Benny here who also does sell resin toys through his shop, Tenacious. Wow. Uh, and then, like, within within months, it was, uh, you know, it was getting things together. It was like, okay, well, if I have these connections, we have to we have to come up with a name. We have to come up with product. We have to figure out what we're doing here. And yeah. I, both of us are horror fans, and I had just gotten a great big book of H.P. Lovecraft stories. Oh, nice. Uh, and I tossed it onto the table and the stupid thing literally fell open to the title page of Pikmin's model. And I looked down and went, well, we're going to make models, ideally, eventually in vinyl. Hey, Mike, what do you think of Pikmin's vinyls? And he was just like, like, Pikmin's model? Yes. Okay, that's it. Yeah, we got it. Okay, it's <laughs> Pikmin's vinyls. Yeah. Um, and again, from there, it was just continued into almost a snowball effect because I did, once we had some solid designs that we really liked, uh, of, you know, I picked out some of Mike's monsters that I loved and I was like, okay, let's do a series of minifigures of these monsters. I did the initial sculpts for like something like 10 to 12 different minifigures with the intention to release them in two packs. Um, then out of the blue, you know, sort of got contacted by, at the time, a stranger to me, uh, ETC Toys. Wow. Okay. Who was basically like, hey, so your stuff doesn't suck. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good, but it can be a lot better if you want help. Mm. And I was absolutely, I want help. So he, you know, he very much was like, okay, here's what you want for a pressure pot. These are the sort of standard resins that a lot of the people in the scene right now are using. Uh, sort of brought me into the fold and was like, here's how you can do this. Here's how you can avoid these bubbles. Here's how to do a two-piece mold if you want. 
uh, and very much just, he, you know, he didn't explain it point blank to me. He didn't break it down, but he would send me the resources and be like, here's what you need. Research it yourself. Yeah. Which, so real quick, before we keep going, we're talking seven years ago, still seven, six years ago at this point. Yeah. So probably what, six and a half. So what are these like, st- I'm assuming, is it still smooth on at that point? Uh, it was, he highly recommended smooth on at the time. Um, over the years I had, uh, sort of started using another company, which I still use specialty resin, Mm. uh, for the bulk of my, uh, resin and silicone. Mm -hmm. I do still use smooth on. I love smooth on, uh, but I have to be a loyal customer to specialty resin because they're good to me. Yeah. Uh, and they're, and they're a smaller company doing it too. Yeah. So he gives you these resources, you do all the research and you figure out, and then I'm assuming like a lot of us, there's a huge trial and error process here. Oh, absolutely. What's absolutely you make your first toy. Like what's this trial and error process look like for you? I, I, I'm sure to this day, I still have failed casts from those first runs somewhere because there were so so even even running it with the pressure pot, because yeah. you know I had to figure out the venting, uh, I had to figure out what type of resin was best to pour and then be able to put into the pressure pot and run it, yeah, uh, without it hardening midway. Uh, so there, you know, there are these really weird looking like half poured mini figures <laughs> of monsters that are just I I partially kept as a reminder to be like that dude that's where you started, yeah. Like you started with that, that monstrosity of a thing. I, oh, I love that. I love when people keep those and they remind, I did the dumb thing of throwing all my like miscasts away when I first started. I wish I didn't. I do that now because they're, you know, I, I still get miscasts all the time. Yeah. That it's just like, and it's, it's that sort of weighing like, would I want to do anything with this? No, it's no, I'm going to chuck it. If I wouldn't do anything with it, I don't want anyone else to try and pay for it. Yeah. So you're, we're at like six years ago. So that first uh, toy that you start after getting all the resources from ETC and like looking at what you're trying to create with your partner, um, that first toy that you do bulk and you do uh, maybe a run of, what is that toy? Uh, it was a minifigure called Bernie the Ghost Toast. Um, and it was, that. it was literally, it was a little piece of toast that was meant to be the spirit of bread. So it was done in like a <laughs> translucent blue glow in the dark. Okay. Uh, and it had really bright, almost uh, neon painted in eyes and mouth. Wow. Uh, it was very stylized. Uh, we're, we've been toying with doing... Um, sort of a six inch vinyl piece of it okay. uh, when we come up to our next anniversary. Yeah. So when you created that, I, I envision a minifig being like, we're talking like micro machine size, but it probably was a little bigger, right? No, micro machine was about, uh, about the right size. It was, uh, at the time I was using, I was very strict at the time I was using like a ruler to be like, okay, they can't be over, over an inch high. Okay. Uh, so it really was tiny. Uh, it was that and a little, because we did them in two packs. So it was that one and a, I believe, a little muck creature that yeah. we called Squelch. So, okay. 
how do we get the, this idea? Like this ghost or the spirit of bread. And then you have this muck, which kind of fits into the like horror ish type stuff. Where are we, how do we get to this toast thing? I'm interested in that. Uh, that was, that was me basically pitching my minifigure idea to Mike and being like, I want to do monster minifigures in two packs. You have so many monsters that I love the designs of and that I'd love to use the designs for, but I, I love them all. If you leave it up to me, I will sit there and just go back and forth between them. Uh, what are your favorites? Yeah. And he sent me some of his favorites and right away it was just a moment of like, is that, <laughs> is that a ghost piece of bread? He's like, oh yeah, that's Bernie the ghost toast. And I was just like, that's... We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Tap to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. Oh, we're doing Bernie. Bernie's first. Yeah. Bernie oh, is man. just the perfect mix of ridiculousness and at the same time, kind of cute, creepy, fun, uh, yeah. over the top. I've, over the years, I've, I've learned that if I have the gut instinct telling me, okay, this is either a really, really great idea or incredibly stupid, I'm not sure which. Uh, if I have that instinct, it's probably going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So you are creating these pieces and you said that the, the ghost toast was translucent, like kind of bluish. So on your first pours, you're already messing with some of the stuff that like some of us wait years to do. So let, yeah. like, how did you just immediately think of like, oh, I want to do a translucent figure and make it look rad? Uh, I've, I have always been a big toy geek. Uh, just always. Uh, I remember one year for Christmas, going, going back to the 80s, um, <laughs> my... Obviously, my, my mom had picked out a bunch of Star Wars figures for me. I think it was specifically the Max Rebo band. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And I was just like, I was sitting on the floor playing with him. And at the same time, like, my dad had excitedly picked out a cassette player for me, which I was excited about, but toys. Yeah. Uh, so he sort of made the side quip of like, why don't we take the cassette player back and buy him more toys? And me as a kid in my head, I'm like, can, can we choose that? <laughs> so, you know, from a young age, uh, just for some reason. Uh, and even then, they sort of struck me as almost an art style because I was always intrigued by the sculpting on them and how they were made. And I always wanted to take them apart and put them back together and, you know, see what was inside and what held them together and. Some of my favorites were always glow-in-the-dark, semi-translucent figures, Yeah, uh, anything with a removable helmet. Yeah, that, I always lost the helmet, too, if that happened. It was like within minutes, it was gone. See, I always have to 
I always have to put shame on my mother because both my sister and I went through several Star Wars figures and multiple copies of them because my mother would get them at, shortly after we'd open them and look at them and be like, well, his helmet comes off, right? And just rip the head off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, no, he's, he's the head. So, of course, to this day, it's just, you know, mom, the head doesn't come off. Yeah. I, when I was little, I, I don't know why I would do this, but I would like, you'd put things in your mouth as a little kid. And I had, um, when Leia, I don't know what costume is. She goes into Jabba's place as this bounty hunter looking thing. Yep. And that Uh, pops off. Yep. Popped it in my mouth, swallowed it. I don't know why. Yep. It went straight through. Like nothing happened to it. But thankfully it was soft rubber. Yeah. (laughs) So like it was such a bummer because then my mom, I remember my mom looking on the shelf one time because I had all these like Star Wars figures displayed and she was like, where is the helmet for that one? It's like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't have a helmet, I guess. I don't know. I just (laughs) lost it. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe the cat got it. So it it must be in the bowels of the house somewhere, I guess. (laughs) Uh, So we're at like... Uh, you you created this toast ghost, uh, and you know, yeah. Go ahead. And we we hyped it up. Uh, you know, I started trying to to build hype through through Instagram, through Facebook, yeah. um, and we decided to do a run of ten two packs, uh, put them on sale, and the things somehow sold out the first night. Wow. Okay. And it it was totally a moment of like, but. They did what? Yeah. You know, of course. And, and at the time, I was, I was in New York City. Mike was in uh, Niagara Falls, New York. So, of course, I messaged him like, they're, they're gone. It's like, what do you mean they're gone? Did something happen? I was like, no, no they're, they're sold out. Yeah. We, we, we sold all 10. And he was like, I guess we're toy makers. Yeah. So what was the first cost? Uh, I mean, pricing is always the worst thing. What'd you charge for the first two pack? I, I think for the two pack, it was either 15 or $18 plus shipping. Okay. So extremely cheap for a toy. Yeah. And they were, and they were way, way underpriced for what they were. Cause like we did, we did uh, packaging with like the Pikmin's logo sticker on it. Hmm. Uh, we did, uh, I printed out, printed from uh, like a printing company, like little trading cards to go with them. Oh my gosh. Uh, so like way undervalued our work. Yeah. You may have broken even if you were lucky, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and uh, it wasn't long before we, we did a, a bit of a price bump. Yeah. So you created this, it sells out. So you're immediately, you've got that rock star feeling because you're a toy maker now. So all of that builds into your next project, which I'm assuming is more of his drawings. It, yeah, it was. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person where I, I've like, I'm not at my desk, but I've got some, some examples behind me of like, I like working on oh rad several, I've got toys of course too, but like I work on several things at a time. Yeah. So uh, real quick, it, it, can, we, if, can we pause for the cause? I saw that bust right there, that, and I see that you are working on them currently. Is that a project that you have just started working on more? Uh, so 
not long after after we did the minifigures, um, I sort of played with almost uh, stylized character mm. mini busts. I know I did one of Herbert West. I think I did one of um, Butterball, the Cenobite from Hellraiser. <laughs> okay. Um, but I also, at the time, you know, really didn't have any idea how to do busts. Uh, was still finding finding my footing and sculpting in that size and style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking back at them now, it's it's kind of a moment of like, I'm not going to do busts like that again. Yeah. Um, the intention here was entirely uh, one of those moments of like, I don't know if this is dumb or genius, but I'm going to try it. Uh, and it, the idea is McCready will have either a base that you can set him on mm-hmm. or he will fit as a bottle topper uh onto oh, your it. bottle of j and b oh yeah there we go there we go so you can have your bottle of j and b with mccready on top yeah i love that so you have been creating these and when when all toy makers start there's usually a search i'm assuming of like am i the only one that's doing this are there others like me so you've created and sold out of your first one. You have started creating more of the toys. What's that initial search? Because you, you, you're trying to probably find more people like you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and there were a good handful that I found right away that, uh, now I, I consider almost like my toy making family. Yeah. Who are they? Um, so, uh, ETC toys for sure. Love it. Um, we don't talk nearly as much as we used to, but at the same time, like when we do, it's just that instant, like we're, we're resin brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, we interrupt this broadcast of toys on top to bring you this. Earth Aliens have landed Earthling. I want lowbrow art and bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. Well, you come to the right place. Earth to Kentucky is a shop for folks who love vintage sci-fi, lowbrow, and art bootleg toys. Toys, 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 toys. They're located over there at 836 Main Street, Covington, Kentucky. Toys, toys, toys. They carry original art, vintage action figures, designer bootleg toys, and toys, 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 and t-shirts. Designed exclusively for their store by some of their favorite artists. Thank you, Earthling. I enjoy Earth to Kentucky. I have all my favorite bootleg art toys. toys. Hey, look at that over there. It's a spaceship. Yeah. I need to go now. Someone's filming me in my spaceship. Shop now. www.earthtokentucky.com. That's earth2kentucky.com. Or just land your spaceship when they're open. Kevin Malone, uh, Chimera Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, Random Skull Productions. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to look at, look up some of them, but... Uh, you know, a lot of the old OGs, uh, Dollar Slice, the funny thing is I, I love Dollar Slice to death, uh, but we had a very rocky start mm. um, where, you know, it was, and it was just, it was stupid, you know, yeah. online childish stuff where at some point, I think, I think he said something not as kind as it could have been about one of my pieces. And I got bent out of shape like a kid. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm dollar slice. And, but, uh, but, you know, he was another one that like, regardless of that, you know, his, I loved his work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was just getting like, really, he, at the time, he had just started doing that magnetic articulation. 
Yeah. So that was just a moment of like, well, regardless of how I feel about this guy, he's a fucking genius. Yeah. Yeah. I've used, uh, I've done magnetic articulation. Uh, I stumbled across like, oh, what if these pieces moved and stuff? And then other people showed me how to do it. And then looking back at his posts and talking to him, just realizing like, oh, this is kind of your creation. Awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you for doing it. Uh, and because I was New York based, of course, I discovered Suck Lord. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. I mean, um, those first searches, is that all that came up because you are New York based or so close? Uh, you know, a lot of it. Uh, but also because I was New York based at the time, the it would pop up and it would be like Suck Lord. Um, my plastic heart and toy tokyo okay so for for the first little little bit like first few weeks of research i thought suck lord was just a store okay because uh, i would see suck lord chinatown and i'd be like oh yeah that's, that's suck lord place in chinatown yeah rad uh and of course it, once i hit toy tokyo and my plastic heart and saw the suck lord pieces and connected the dots yeah it was a moment of like, oh, he's popping up because he's the OG. Yeah. Did you uh, end up going or ever reaching out to him or talking to him in those early years? Um, I did a little bit. And he, in his incredibly stuff Lord way. Yep. Um, it's almost the same as ETC, ETC Toys was basically like, you know, your work doesn't totally suck ass. Yeah but here's how to make but, it better uh you know who would buy the shit yes yeah. and i was like I, I i don't i don't know yeah i mean to be fair i have talked to suck and he's been on the podcast and he has a great episode by the way thanks he i mean he he gets on there and he is very like clear with the idea of like who would buy what kind of people would buy these things and yeah so even he doesn't know like what types of people buy these and which is why i almost I almost took it as a suck lord compliment because it was yeah. especially looking back now because it it is very much a like you sell this shit who would buy this shit yeah i mean and then he i mean as we all know has gone into like the the box of garbage and he's like what the hell yeah i don't know he's always someone that i look to and i'm like what the hell is going on here so and I and to be fair, I ask that myself that question constantly. Like, why is this shit? Yeah, I've created a couple things and sold with Dove, or like people have bought some of my shit just off my Instagram, and it's cool. Like, people want my art, and I love that. But also, why? Right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the the again weird next step that. And all these like weird happenstance things are probably the reason I'm still at it. Okay. Because it, it happened in such a weird serendipitous order. Yeah. That it felt necessary. Uh, because from there, I, we had this, I actually, I think before that, cause it was uh, end of summer at the time. And I finally like emailed Benny from Tenacious. Yeah. And he invited me to go out for a drink with him with another toy maker who was in town from London and happened to be Adam from Trap Toys. Oh, rad. Uh, 
and we all went out for drinks and out of the blue benny's like so what are you doing for comic-con i can't afford comic-con yeah <laughs> he's like well you want to sell some stuff at my booth you've got to work it like i'm gonna put you to work if i'm gonna sell your stuff at comic-con love that but if you want to let's have a bigger conversation and within the same week uh tim uh etc toys was basically like i got a spot at my decon booth if you want in i'd like you in Holy and man. so it, it just like fell into place um we decided it's comic-con we've got to come up with something really fun but really stupid as an exclusive yeah um and we we also wanted it to almost be like a launch of something new Mm -hmm. like a like hey here's this comic-con exclusive if you can't get it at comic-con it's okay we're doing a series of them soon okay and i had the what i will to this day say is one of one of my stupidest ideas because it is such a brilliantly stupid idea. I decided that we should do a log of the month club. Okay. Log from Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, holy moly. And uh, of course cuz I'm I'm sitting there being being the type of person I am just like I'm I'm sure I was sitting with like a joint or bowl in my hand Mm -hmm. and just like we could sell log we could make a stupid little resin log and finish the series that palisades toys started never finished i wonder if people would buy logs so i literally just like put the roughest most ridiculous log sculpt together photographed it in shadow put it up on instagram and people went wild okay uh and we did for almost a solid year, we did a log of the month club where you would get like a Ren and Stimpy based print, a resin log from one of the different ones they advertised in the Ren and Stimpy show. Yeah. And some sort of Ren and Stimpy based accessory like a Muddy Mud Skipper cereal caddy or uh, a rubber nipple Christmas ornament. Oh my gosh. Uh, and for Comic Con, we decided we were going to do. Officer log with suspect log two pack. Uh, and that was the first time we'd ever done a carded piece. Okay. Really, really not, not great quality card either. Cause yeah. I was clueless on how to do a card back. What was that first so, one? Was it just paper that you put printed out? It was, it was basically spray adhesive cardboard and printed card back. And the spray adhesive was not strong. Okay. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure if I were to take I've got my copy like in one of those fold in almost movie poster frames on my wall, mm-hmm. and I'm positive if I ever take it out, it will fall apart. Uh, don't take it out! Don't take it out! <laughs> um, but uh, we decided to release that at Comic Con, and I showed up to work the work the booth with Benny. Um, I think I think it was. I think he needed me for like the Saturday and the Sunday, if I recall. Mm-hmm. I could be mistaken. This was feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Uh, but I get there that morning and he's just like, well, look at you, superstar. 
guess who has a sellout? You can't be talking about the log. He's like, oh, yeah, it's the log. Did you know that Bob Camp is here? Holy moly. And it was like, what, like, Ren and Stimpy Bob Camp? And uh, it was, there was a lot of memorable things about that Comic-Con because um, literally right next to the Tenacious booth was um, Clem and Big Shot Toy Works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to thank Clem for his shoot down email. Yeah. And be like, if, if you didn't shoot me down, I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Um, and on the other side of the booth, I, I had the amazing experience of being able to uh, meet the filmmaker, John Schnapp. Okay. Uh, who passed away, I believe, last year, sadly. Yeah. Um, who literally like looked at me and was just like, here's a guy with the log. I got this, I got this Death of Superman Lives DVD if you want to trade me one. <laughs> so he literally just like, I was like, I can go home and make you one. Yes, I will take that trade. Yeah. Rad. So you've had uh, two sellouts by the time you got to Comic-Con. And it- I, I also ended up making one I'm very, very nervously uh, to take over to Bob Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, going almost like just palm sweating because in the back of my head, I'm like, this guy created this. He's either going to look at it and be like, okay, where's my money? Mm-hmm. Or be really excited. There's no in between. Yeah. Uh, and he looks at it and he just immediately, uh, and of course, you know, Comic-Con. So I waited in line for it. Got up there, did the nervous fanboy. I'm like, Mr. Camp, uh, I'm, a, I'm a toy maker. Um, I, I made this I made this toy uh, of, of log. <laughs> and he just looks up and he's like, oh my God, how much? like no 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 it's 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 for you he's like yeah but but how much are you selling it for i want to pay you for it you're you're an artist you made it rad and i was like no i you created log i can't charge you and he literally pulls a log print off of his wall and autographs and he's like will you take a trade a log for a log jeez and you know and we ended up chatting and he right away was just like if you've got any more i will i will buy them from you you know just come back and see me you know, you do not have to give them to me. Don't, you, you are an artist. Don't give away your work. Wow. So not only did you meet the guy that created it, he traded for it and then gave you badass advice immediately. And it, it will, everything about that Comic-Con will forever stick with me because so many people said that same thing. Yeah. Like I, I was starstruck. Mm-hmm like being in there with people whom were absolutely my peers. Yeah. And very much just starstruck, like trying to be like, I'll, I've got this thing, I'll give it to you. And every single one of them was like, no, do not do that. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Wow. I will, I will pay you for that. So you are at Comic-Con, you finish that. And we're only probably about five years away, like ago, right? Because this is you sped up a little bit. Um, and then was the circuit by which like all the conventions was that just something that you immediately were like, "This is what I'm doing: Designer Con, Comic Con New York, Comic Con San Diego. This is it." You know, that was the intention. Yeah. Um, and then when I got back from, we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. The bootleg fight. Okay, dude, why am I at the library? Shh, I'm looking for the bootleg Bible. 
The bootleg Bible? Shh! Yeah, it's a beginner's guide to bootleg toy making. It helps aspiring artists make their own toys. You can order it at bluemondaypress.com. Wait, we can order it? That's right, the Bootleg Bible, a guide to bootleg toy makers, published by Blue Monday Press. Includes interviews with bootleg artists like The Suck Lord, Rykov, Obvious Plan, Larvy World, Marquee Marauders Club, Ben Gore, Trap Toys, and art from a whole host of other artists all around the world. Also includes a step-by-step -step beginner's guide to bootleg toy making. So order yours today at BlueMondayPress.com. Why are we even at the library? I don't know. Shh! The Bootleg Bible. Order now at BlueMondayPress.com. Designer con. My life absolutely fell apart for like six months. Okay. Um, my already had been rocky relationship completely went south. Yeah. Um, I decided that I needed to leave the city altogether. Okay. Uh, so I moved back to my hometown area for a bit. Um, got my bearings, but at the same time, I was at the time that I was in my hometown area, I was living with my family again. And my sister and my brother-in-law had just had a child mm. and I couldn't be pouring chemicals in a home with a new child. Yeah. I, I just, there just wasn't a good, it was in upstate Western New York, just outside of Niagara Falls it was the middle of winter. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't have, I couldn't go outside and work. Yeah. Uh, so I just sort of sculpted for a few months, tried to get things going again. Uh, and then when I finally got things together, um, I met my current partner through the internet. Mm -hmm. um, and I decided I hate the cold anyway. I'm going to move to Texas. Here I am in Austin. Uh, and it was... It, as pretty much as soon as I got set up, it was the entire time I was in my parents' place with my family. It was that drive of, oh, but I need to create, I need to create, I need to create. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as I got down here, I hit the ground running again. Right. Um, and I think, again, reaching back, Benny was one of the first people to reach out to me. He was like, hey, I see you're creating again. I'm, I'm doing this blind box series called resin is king if you want to be a part of it here are the details of what i need from you yeah um uh, so once again benny pulled me right back in man i love that and uh and unfortunately because of the move and those things i i wasn't able to continue the convention circuit but mm -hmm. i did just have this fire under me to create yeah um mm -hmm. And the nice thing was, even though I felt stalled and like that, that was, I won't lie. That was a dark six month period where I, I very much thought like, I, I might be done with this. This yeah. thing made me so happy and it might just be dead in the water. Yeah. Uh, but I was in my hometown area. So I got to hang out with Mike and we got to put, we got to talk about toys more. We got to go out toy hunting and he helped me relight that fire and be like, no, this is, you have fun with toys. That's why you're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, and uh, he also definitely helped me just in general sort of rediscover fun. 
because he we would we would go out in the middle of the night and especially because he's a hospital worker mm-hmm. uh so he would always have wacky schedules where he'd he'd hit me up at like twelve thirty in the morning and be like, hey, I'm just getting off a shift. Do you want to go hit the Walmarts? Oh my gosh. <laughs> want to go toy hunt and grab a coffee? Yeah. Like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> and we'd be tooling through Western New York in the middle of the night and just like, so you want to walk into that Walmart and walk up to the, uh, walk out, walk up to the checkout and ask him like, where are your prophylactics and kitty litter? <laughs> Love that. And just get ridiculous, do voices, um, and brainstorm toys. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that we consistently said, it's like, you know, it would be, you know, it'd be kind of a cool thing to do is to do like, like the minifigures we started with, but John Carpenter's the thing. Mm. And it was maybe a year of being in Texas before I suddenly was like, oh, that's right. We talked about the thing. And I sat down and seriously planned out like a year's worth of product. Yeah. It was like, if we do one release every month for a year, we can do a thing minifigure line the same way we did the original toy line. And it just... Uh, because I'm insane like that. Yeah, because one release every month is insane. Um, and then we somehow did it. Yeah. And it, it was another case of like, granted, I'm skipping huge swaths of things, but yeah. it, we, we hit that spider head and it was that moment of, oh, we're back. Yeah, no, we're back. Because it, I don't think I've sold more of anything in the years that I've been doing this than that spider head minifigure. Holy moly. How many would you say you've sold? Uh, there was a point that I kept count, but it is well over 400. Holy uh, crap. Because I've remolded the damn thing so many times. Yeah. Cause you uh, because, realistically get like 30 out of a mold if you're lucky. Right. Yeah. And I would just, I would just do like blind bag runs of like, Here's here's ten spider heads. There's you know one of each in these colors. There's a one glow in the dark one. There's a translucent one, all blind bag. Hmm. I I think those I think they they were super cheap too. It was like because it was literally the resin minifigure in a blind bag with a label slapped on it. Yeah. Uh, it was like ten bucks plus shipping. Oh my gosh. Uh, and just so many but then we got through damn near the whole cast of the movie i think maybe we're missing one so now we need that one (laughs) but like over over the course of that year and then of course we finished it and i hit that moment of like ah i i can't i can't do any more thing right now yeah i've got to switch on to a different minifigure we shifted over to just random horror figures uh, movie horror figures yeah and then out of the blue me being the 
madman I am, I was like, you know, I'm not happy with this. I want to do completely from scratch, hand sculpted three and three fourth inch figures, uh, articulated. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I did an experiment with one of my, my older figures that was semi bootleg. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that, not that I have anything wrong with that. And I I'll circle back to that in a moment, but, uh, added almost, uh, sock ball and socket joints Mm -hmm. just to see if it would be feasible and it was and then i started cranking out things like you know the this void cultist oh yeah i did see that up on your yep i love that that. and he's it's fully articulated completely hand sculpted uh nothing is taken from any other figure and it's just I just had hit that point where I was like, no, I need to, I need to make toys. Yeah. That's Uh, crazy that nothing has been taken on that figure from any other figure. And then we did a few and you, I, uh, once again, I had that moment of like, no, I really love John Carpenter's (laughs) I'm going to do a McCready, but I swear I'm only going to do McCready. I'm not going to do anyone else from the thing. And then we did a whole fricking line from the thing. Yeah which sold insanely well yeah uh to the point that i that thing series is the reason i did not worry through the first half of the pandemic wow okay uh because it would just be suddenly and and because i knew how to price them to sell without undervaluing my work okay because i well it was completely original a lot of those figures, I designed that entire figure line in a way where every human figure uh, could have retooled parts into the next human figure. Okay. So I was essentially bootlegging myself. Which is or amazing. going or going for the actual, you know, action figure design philosophy of if we create this part we can use it for this figure this figure and this figure yeah Which and I we absolutely yeah uh so those were uh those were all fully carded completely hand painted i think they were 60 bucks a pop that's not bad and then we did bigger deluxe ones that were 80 bucks a pop and those were in almost kenner style boxes yeah you said something that's interesting um and i'm hoping you can explain a little bit uh, you priced it correctly so it would sell, but it wouldn't undervalue your work. How did you come to that? Uh, it, it, it really, it was partially looking at the amount of time and work that I put into it, mm-hmm. but also, you know, also factoring in the things like when we were designing the line, we were specifically designing it in mind w- with certain things in mind, like, every figure can have a shared card back. Okay. So if we don't need unique card backs for each figure, we can just order the card backs in bulk and cut back on that cost a bit, uh, lower the price a bit, but still not feel like it's undervaluing it because we get to reuse something. Yeah. Uh, and And the same with the parts. That's exactly the reason we designed the parts is so we could use the same molds over and over again and get our money's worth out of them. Mm -hmm. 
without feeling like we needed to justify the cost. Hmm. That's a, that's a genius way to look at that. And it was, it, it was very much aside from, you know, wanting, wanting them to sell and wanting to make money because who doesn't want to make money? Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we, we genuinely also wanted to get them into people's hands. Like we didn't, we didn't necessarily want them to be a high priced collector's item that someone would get and sit on a shelf. We wanted people to feel okay about, cause the, the bubbles were all the resealable type of bubbles mm-hmm. on the card back. Uh, because we want people to take them out and mess with them. And, uh, some of them have action features. Yeah. Uh, like Bennings had uh, Bennings, we specifically designed like the old Masters of the Universe King Hiss figure. Yeah. So his arms pop off to reveal the thing tentacle arms underneath. Oh, that's so good. Um, the uh, Norris figure has a removable chest plate to reveal the big mouth underneath. Oh my gosh! Um, so they're they're designed to be toys first. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we want people to be able to take them out and fiddle around with them a little bit and be like, Oh man, look at that action feature. I love that. I love that so much. So you're, you're in the process of creating all of these, they're selling well. And at some point I'm assuming you encounter dove from DKE. You know, it's funny. Dove has, I think it was at that first designer con dove sold a few of my pieces but so because it is unlicensed mm-hmm. uh, and from a Universal Pictures movie, yeah, I, I can understandably see why he has never once been like, I want those toys. Okay. Because they would immediately make him a target because they are unlicensed. Yeah. Uh, they're, and they're no way in the realm of parody. They are, they are one... That's that's how they fall into the bootleg category. Yeah, uh, they're bootleg because they are unlicensed. Okay, so have you, in spite of him not wanting to carry those because of what he does, have you worked with DKE in the following years? Uh, only I've only worked with DKE once, which sort of amazes me. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure why, because. He, he just seems like the coolest cool, he, he seems amazing to talk to he yeah he's super fun he's one of the most laid-back people i've ever talked to so like trying to get laughter and stuff out of him uh is a little bit of a challenge for me but he's fun to talk to but yeah so that's exciting like i'm i hearing how you've moved like done all these things but you did such great work in the beginning that your work was just selling so rapidly and in such large quantities. Like that's insane. Like what's that feeling like? I, I still, I still almost don't feel like it's real. Okay. You know, at this point, I still, I still almost feel like one of the little guys trying to break through. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily look at that as a bad thing either, because I'm, I'm always striving to do better in that sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it almost looking back at it, it almost looks like, no, that that didn't happen. That's not real. Yeah. 
That's I, I must be embellishing or imagining some amount of that. Yeah. And so what with that type of success um, and then still the feeling of still wanting to break through what's to come for Pikmin? You know, I, I recently have had that point of <clears throat> very much before I did the three and three fourth inch figures, I hit almost a stopping point again where I was looking at everything going like, okay, so I've got things planned through pretty much through the end of next month. Mm -hmm. But I don't really have much on the docket after that. I don't think I want to do three and three fourth inch anymore. I think I want to do five inch playmate style figures. Wow. Okay. And up my game even more. And um, I've been playing with the idea of um, play sets, mm -hmm. um, mini busts, uh, as as I mentioned, uh, I've, I've been working on two and there are a couple of more in the back of my head. Um, Mike and I have been brainstorming for probably about a year now, uh, getting everything in place to do an original toy line based on um, the way we would play with toys as a kid. Okay. Which is essentially take one figure from many different toy lines. Uh, so we want to basically do a toy line of villains. Yeah that looks like it's figures from different toy lines all mashed together into one toy line. Yeah. Which is how we all so, played. Yeah, exactly. So it would be like a toy line with like one three and three fourth inch star Wars sized figure and one five inch Ninja Turtles st style figure. Yeah. You know, one big hulking deluxe monster. Yeah. Uh, so we've been putting that in, into place for a while. Um, and, you know, I've been playing with just a lot of different, a lot of different bigger ideas. Uh, I do finally want to go into vinyl and Safubi, mm -hmm. uh, which both Mike and I agree that Bernie the Ghost Toast is the piece to do that with. Mm -hmm. um, partially because, you know, how, how fun would it be to see weird ways people would paint a vinyl ghost toast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that alone is, is enough for me to want to do it. Yeah. Which is, and I've heard a lot of artists um, say that they want to break into Safuvi, um, which sounds like we start in bootleg until we figure out exactly where we want to head. And so, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if you guys went into Safuvi and stayed there for a while. Yeah. Cause they're, uh, they're definitely designs that I either Mike has just shown me or I've been like, what if we did this? Uh, and then he's brilliantly designed and been like, what do you think of that? That would, in my opinion, personally, would make the perfect sort of almost cutesy Safubi piece, cutesy, okay. creepy, very much in the same, not in the same style, but in the same idea and genre as the uh, Super 7 Mummy Boy. Okay. Like that monster, but it's cute. Yeah. My favorite, I just watched um, the episode of the toys that made us about Hello Kitty. And it like that description, uh, is it Kawaii? Is that what they're called when it has yeah, that? Yeah. So having like serial killer, like Ghostface or Freddy Krueger, but in that kind of a style just seems so funny to me. 
I I think it's hilarious too. Yeah. That's that. and that's something that I don't know why I haven't taken him up on it sooner, but uh, for a long time, Mike has been pushing an idea that I won't go too deep into it because we are going to do it. But yeah. he, he's had this idea that basically is like, why don't we do bootleg serial likes bootleg killers? Like what would Jason look like? But called Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I and that, that that enough is it's yeah just just for, not freddy just fred like we're just talking some guy named fred and he's like yeah just fred in a jumpsuit with like a different sports mask on yeah and so we oh man there so much is covered and we haven't even gotten through it all but we're coming to that hour part of the podcast where i like love to do this where we get to plug everything that you get to that you're a part of that you're doing that you're currently heading towards um plus there's a podcast that you do outside of being on this podcast right now so there is plug everything take this moment plug everything talk about the podcast all of that oh thank you sir uh first first up i'll uh say upcoming for pikmin's in the near future is uh what might be the final creature feature three and three fourth inch figure, which will be the crypt keeper, uh, really? which I think would be an awesome finale personally. Um, although we do have uh, the, the re-release of the uh, void cultist coming sometime in the future. <laughs> um, after that, um, we're looking at going into some different styles. Uh, all of that can be found on my Instagram, on my Facebook, Pikmin's vinyls, P-I-C-K-M-A-N-S-V-I-N-Y-L-S. Um, I'm also working on a podcast where we literally basically talk about toys for 90 minutes a week. Uh, not even designed, just, just toys that we are interested in, what's coming out, uh, what we think of older toy lines like the Infaceables or the Manglores. Wow. Um, uh, it's called Count Creepy Heads. Saturday morning monster mash. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We are on Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, all the normal places you would find podcasts. Count Creepy Head Saturday morning monster mash. Uh, and I know my partner in crime, uh, Mike Alvarez, has just finally, after me pushing him for and other people pushing him for years, uh, has started his own Etsy shop to sell his art separate outside of Pikmin's and make money on the internet himself. Uh, finally, uh, which can be found at Mike Alvarez art on Etsy. Love that. I we're so excited for what's to come. You know, I feel like any point I hit where I'm like, I don't know what's coming next is almost a point where it's like, I guess I've got, I guess I've got to step things up. Yeah, that is a good mentality because I hit that like a couple of weeks ago and I was like, what am I going to do? And so now it's just like, well, get my ass in gear. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, that's it's I'll I might wallow for like a few days and be like, oh, no, what I'm going to do. And then finally look at my work desk and be like, hmm, I'll clean my work desk and start a new project that seems way too big for me. Yep. Sweet. Thank you so much for giving me this time and being on the podcast. It, it always means the world when artists are willing to give that time. Thank you. I, I am honored to be a part of it. You've been absolutely killing it with this, man. This is, this is my, uh, one of my two consistent work podcasts. 
I love to hear that. Thank you so much. Uh, this will be out in um, three weeks. So we're shortening the turnaround. So it, there were times when it was like a month to two months turnaround. We shortened it to three weeks and then starting in October, it's a week turnaround. Um, but yeah, hey, thank you again so much. In thank you, man. Of course. Yeah, no, this, is, this has been super fun. I appreciate it. on tap next episode it's great it's amazing you're gonna want to listen to it it's not right now though you're gonna have to wait till the next episode to listen to it oh when's that the next one cool toys on tap the next one's gonna be good too so stay tuned and, and, and listen to that awesome